Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Jamie, hey. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't have a great intro for this, but I was thinking that we should get those little, like, carrot-shaped pens that are also voice recorders that judy oh, no. hops has in the movie yeah and then use that to record the bechdel cast on from now on <laughs> just a pen with how much i i had genuine questions about a lot of things in this movie one of the lower stakes things was the pen i was like how much storage is on that thing right is there an sd card i think it's bluetooth is... <laughs> i think it's Bluetooth. we gotta we gotta uh go to i i don't want to go to zootopia i really don't um, mm. well, I'd still go. I gotta be honest. You would go? Yeah. What would you do? Um, we'll get to that. I don't okay. want to step on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Bechtel cast. My name's Jamie Loftus. My name is Caitlin Durante. And this is our show where we examine movies through an intersectional feminist lens using the Bechtel test simply as a jumping off point. Mm. But Jamie, yeah, I don't remember what that is. Well, I can tell you what it is. Okay, do you thanks. want it? I do. Okay, I will. Um, the Bechdel test is a media metric created by queer cartoonist Alison Bechdel, sometimes called the Bechdel-Wallace test. Uh, many permutations of this test. Here's the one we use. We require that two characters with names of a marginalized gender speak to each other about something other than a man for two lines of dialogue minimum. And the, it has to have some meaning to it. Mm-hmm. It's got to have some heft. Ooh, I like that. I don't think I've ever said, I, I don't find myself saying heft out loud a lot, but, uh-huh. and for anyone listening to the show for the first time being like, is that all you're going to talk about on the show? No. And in fact, I'll say that this movie does pass. Um, it's not really, it's mm. not as, maybe not as much as a shown, but it well, does, you know, we'll talk about it. Something that has been happening to me for the past, I don't know, one to two years of this podcast is uh-huh. I forget to pay attention you <laughs> very i mean it's and you're very on top you're great at your job thank you um but that is the one thing you always forget 
This is the name of the well, show. We've transcended so far beyond the very basic low bar that is the Bechdel test. Yeah. Our our third eyes are open. <sighs> right. Yeah. And I just... Where are we at with the pod? What episode is this? Five oh my gosh. Million. <laughs> this is... Uh, genuinely, I think... Uh, uh, we're coming up on 300 we've definitely maybe? with our matreon episodes we've covered around 350 movies wow wait yeah let me consult the wikipedia page also shout <laughs> out to the mysterious benefactor who's been taking care of the wikipedia page for years now wow. we don't know who you are but boy do you put me on blast in the footnotes sometimes <laughs> Holy shit. I uh, never, I forget to check. We're at, uh, 277 episodes as of today have been released. On the main feed. On the main yeah. feed. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. We've been doing this for many moons. Oh my goodness. Well, let's get our guests in the mix, Yay. shall we? He's a writer and director, and that's our friend, Matt Mixon. Hey. What's Welcome. up? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for, and thank you for bringing us a real pickle of a oh, movie. Wait a second. Why did we do this one again? Was this on the list? This was of, on your list. This, yeah. But this, but my, I made my list based off of the frequently requested mm-hmm. yeah. Bechdel cast list, right? Correct. Yes. We've okay. gotten a lot of requests for this movie mm-hmm. over the years. And I, once again, as with many of our popular requests, I'm like, really? <laughs> Everyone. Are we Okay. Um, but, yeah. uh, we're, we're curious, Matt, what is your history? It was, oh yeah. The movie Zootopia, mm-hmm. Zootopia. It came out in 2016, the greatest year of all time. <laughs> um, Matt, what's your history with this movie? I watched this movie on the day of a funeral of mm, like a, a really close loved one passed and I was mm. in Wisconsin and it was freezing and I was with my mom and my sister and we popped it on and I remember really enjoying it. Hmm. It was my number 14 movie of 2016. I retroactively popped it on 2016, having seen it in January 2017. Okay, got it. Do you do yearly rankings? Yeah, I do them. um, I keep a running ranking on Letterboxd now. Nice. But I also have a movie journal. So mm-hmm. I can always know the date and like who I saw this stuff. Wow, that's so nice. I should <sighs> be more diligent about vlogging my you know, movie it's activity. It it's just like nice. a it's like a life journal. You can just mm-hmm. look back and remember. Mm-hmm. You'll just see a weird name. Be like, who the fuck was, did I see that with? Like you know, <laughs> and, or, or you know, yeah. It's just really it's a nice way to remember. Yeah, I Maggie Mae Fish shout out uh, to oh. someone whose wedding we just attended. Wow. Um, makes movie journals i think hmm. um, maybe we'll drop the link in there because i because i i got one and i have yet to use it because i have a fundamental resistance to remember things that happened to me <laughs> um and that's a therapy problem so um jamie what's your history and relationship with zootopia nothing i had not seen this movie and it was what a journey because I I feel like maybe if I saw this at the beginning of 2016 when it came out, I probably would have felt different just because I but I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I, I hadn't seen it. I didn't really know what it was about and I uh, didn't like it. It mm-hmm. fucking sucks. It's <laughs> such a bad movie. OK, I'm glad that the tension has been released because I fucking hated every uh, second of this movie. It sucks so bad. <laughs> it was like kind of vile. And it like I don't think that there were like poor intentions behind this movie, but like the ev- just lazy every bad choice. Yeah. Like it was, <laughs> I I was blown away by how much I disliked it. I think people requested this movie originally because they, they liked, liked it. it. Yeah, 
but it's about a girl boss cop and <laughs> who solves who causes racism and then but solves then it. She fixes it. But also she I this movie truly blew my mind for like how many very I, at least 2022 very obvious uh flights of logic uh <laughs> that it just barrels through yeah um so yeah i'm i i came to this movie with fresh eyes and boy oh boy i fucking hated it well caitlin you you remember liking it when you first saw it as well right, right. which yeah. was in theaters in when did it come out like march of 2016 and I remember having a, a good time, but that was also the year that Moana came out. And I remember mm-hmm. being furious that this movie, Zootopia, won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. This won the Academy Award over Moana? Yes. Yeah. And I was absolutely furious because I was like, yeah, Zootopia was fun, but Moana is the far superior film. And the gap now between the quality <laughs> of those two movies... Because at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, Zootopia is only slightly not as good. But now I'm like, Zootopia sucks. And Moana is still perfect. So I I think it is really, I mean, it's an interesting example of like how much public thinking has changed in the last six years alone. Because this movie came out six, like less than six years ago. And I truly was like shocked at how poorly it's aged. Like just... (laughs) Yeah, there's there's so much to talk about. We're not like coming into. I sometimes I feel like we come into a movie like this movie fucking sucks. Like if you liked the movie when it came out, I'm sure I would. Like mm-hmm. if I had seen it in theaters, I'm sure I would. I would have enjoyed it. And like if you still like it, that's yeah. also fine. But yeah. then also but hear us out. listen to <laughs> us during the episode. Yeah. yeah, should we just get into it? I guess so. Okay. Yeah, and Matt, feel free to jump in during the recap. Let's go. Um, Here we go. There's so much, there's so many things that I'm going to want to be like, but wait, <laughs> if that's true, how could that be true? Okay, like, how did, she puts her phone in a plastic Ziploc baggie to like, when they flush themselves down the toilet, but why doesn't she do that for her little pen? That's the first thing you're taking issue with? <laughs> well, only because we were talking about, yeah, that's the, my only gripe with the film. End of episode. Everything else, message, <laughs> net positive. I think it made a ton of sense. This, uh, this. Well, can I just say again, before we start shitting all over this movie, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it when I saw it. Yeah. yeah. A lot has changed in four or five years. Sure. So whatever. Uh, let's have a good time here. <laughs> but you know, just, I, I, it was my number 14 of the year. I mean, that's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, yeah. So, so again, it's like, as always on the Bechtel cast, never feel bad for loving him. Unless, I mean, there's a few where it's like, you should feel bad. This is not one of them. Right. But also, you know, if we can bring uh, maybe a few red flags to your attention, <laughs> we, we would like to do that. That's our job. Okay. So Zootopia takes place in an advanced animal society where predator animals and prey animals coexist in harmony. Big cats can be accountants. Sheep can be astronauts. Anyone can be anything. Though it wasn't always that way in this world, uh, predators used to eat prey just like in our world. Uh, But again... Huge problem (laughs) number one. But uh, the animals have evolved beyond that. So we meet Judy Hopps. She's a young rabbit who wants to be a police officer for the city of Zootopia. Problem number two. (laughs) (laughs) Also voiced by um, Mrs. He's Just Not That Into You herself. Oh, Jennifer Jennifer Goodwin. Goodwin. Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard of this person. 
Oh, really? Yeah. She's I I'm sure she's in other things in it, but uh, I know her as the person who really was not fun to watch in a movie that wasn't fun to watch. <laughs> He's just not that into you. Sure. Wow. Okay, so she wants to be a cop when she grows up. Something that her carrot farmer parents try to discourage her from doing, saying that there's never been a bunny cop before. That's, uh, again, it's like, it's so, at first when the parents are like, don't be a cop, I was like, all right, I'm listening. And they're like, because a bunny, a cop, it wouldn't have. I was like, (laughs) oh God, okay, we missed it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, not wanting a bunny to be a cop is prejudice and misogyny it's um <laughs> right the muddled allegory is really muddled and the movie is confused anyway okay so her parents are like don't be a cop and then also a just, bully yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> this fox named gideon also tells her that she'll never be anything more than a weak carrot farming little bunny and then he scratches her face so now she has all this fox related trauma mm-hmm cut to 15 years later judy is now attending zootopia police academy she struggles at first but learns to play to her strengths and she starts to excel at the academy this whole scene was really giving me the worst possible version of that sequence from mulan oh wow where mulan becomes a really amazing soldier except this is her becoming a semi-competent cop (laughs) And it's like she keeps hearing the like, you'll never be a cop. And it's like sometimes it's like, listen to the voices in your head. I mean, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with giving up. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So then at her graduation from the academy, the mayor of Zootopia, a lion named Lionheart. Wow. So creative. And his assistant mayor, a sheep named Jenny Slate. Yes. Literally Jenny Slate, the <laughs> sheep. the sheep's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes. AKA also Bellwether. They recognize Judy's accomplishments. She's the valedictorian of her class. And she's the first rabbit to become a police officer in Zootopia. So Judy's about to ship off to Zootopia. Her parents tell her to be careful in the big city, to beware of predator animals like bears and wolves, and especially foxes. Then they give her some fox repellent spray. Judy then gets assigned to Precinct 1 of Zootopia. It's the city center, though there are like a dozen different ecosystems in the city like tundra town sahara square and rainforest district wow wow (laughs) so on her first day on the job judy learns about 14 different missing animal cases they are all predators who have gone missing um, but she doesn't get assigned to work on any of those chief bogo voiced by idris elba Mm -hmm. assigns her parking duty and while she's doing that, she sees a fox who seems to be up to no good. But then it turns out he's Twist. just... It's Jason Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just trying to buy his son a popsicle from an elephant who is prejudiced against foxes. But then it turns out he is up to no good. His name is Nick Wilde, by the way. This is like the first of many examples in this movie where... A prejudice is referenced, but then canonically in the world, it's like, and she was right. Like, you're just like, <sighs> right. <laughs> what is the point? What is the function of that? 
I will say that there's all these like little moments towards the beginning of the movie when Judy is like, I want to be a girl boss cop. Mm -hmm. But then she's like, I guess I'll take out all my frustration about not being able to be a real cop, which again is like, that's loaded Mm -hmm. into like issuing petty parking tickets to the working class. And (laughs) what if I did that? It's like, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Are we, are we jumping in to talk about it or should I, do you you want to finish your thing? Cause I got thoughts. We'll get, well, let's, let's get through the recap. Okay. Okay. And then we'll, I'm going to keep jumping in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So Nick Wilde, the fox, is actually up to no good. He's good name, by the way. Yeah, not bad. He melts down the popsicle to make a bunch of smaller popsicles to sell to lemmings to make a profit. Fun, hilarious. He's on his hustle. (laughs) Yeah, right. So then Judy confronts him about it, and he's like, "No, I have all the permits I need. Also, you're a loser." And you thought that, you know, you would live here and it would be this equitable utopia, but that's not the reality. So then she goes home and she feels all dejected. But then the next day she stops a thief from stealing a bag of onion-like vegetables. Those are important later, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But even so, Chief Bogo isn't happy with her and he's about to fire her. But then an otter named Mrs. Otterton comes in saying... Another, I'm sorry. Another genius name. <laughs> Perfect no notes. Voiced by Octavia Spencer, is that right? Yeah, yes. what a thankless voice role. She she does like, she has like 30 seconds of screen time. I know. Uh, so she comes in saying that her husband, Emmett Otterton, has been missing for 10 days. And Judy's like, well, I'll help find him. So Chief Bogo gives her 48 hours to find the missing otter. But if she can't, then she's off the force. And it seems like there are no leads for this case. But then Judy notices Nick, the fox, in the photo of Emmett Otterton's last known sighting. Mm -hmm. So Judy finds Nick and makes him help with her investigation. Emmett Otterton had bought a popsicle from Nick. Then he went to a spa where Judy gets a lead that Emmett left the spa and got into a white car. She also, like, every time that she's moving the plot, I mean, she's moving the plot forward. Yeah. But she often moves the plot forward by um, breaking the rules of being a cop uh, <laughs> where she threatens to put Nick in jail for tax evasion. She's pretty much just a classic cop. Yeah. She right. just like, does I guess she really fucking was. cop shit. <laughs> right. Yes. She's kind of born, born to do it. Cause she, and then there's that part that we're about to get to where she's like, well, there's ways around getting a warrant. You're yeah. like, what the fuck? Dude, she fuck. Sorry. Well, no, go ahead. No. <laughs> she fucking tricks Nick into climbing the fence so she has probable cause to right. break in yeah like that's like fucking cop shit <laughs> <laughs> jennifer yes. goodwin yeah so then they go to the dmv and run the license plate that the guy at the spa just happened to remember then there's a scene oh, yeah. with sloths that i find so annoying well it's I another example it. of like pre- these love it. Love it. The best oh my god i hated it they used that as promo for the movie for a I while remember, yeah. and i was just like i don't want to see this movie because this scene sucks oh really <laughs> i hated it so much i, I thought it was so funny. tedious yeah i thought it was a funny idea oh. but again it is like another example of like 
the prejudice is correct. Right. Yeah. Um, we we're leaning into the stereotypes of sloths. I don't know. But as but as a but as a funny comedy setup where he kept changing the words in the sentence, was I was good. I was laughing. It's a good bit. I was laughing. That's maybe the movie's only truly good bit. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose you're right. I just found that the way the the line delivery of the sloths, I was like that. I just didn't like it. The performance is what I really took issue with. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> so they go to the DMV. That leads them to a limousine company in Tundra Town, where they find the limo, and inside is Emmett's wallet and a bunch of claw marks. Judy and Nick are like, "What the fuck?" But then they get caught by the limo's owner, which is this crime boss, Mr. Big. It's a whole like homage to the Godfather. For this, this reminded me of like, there's a few sequences in this movie where this movie's like going for, ooh, this is not the first time I've said this on the show. They're going for a Shrekian energy. (laughs) (laughs) But it's perhaps not working. Um, Because they're just like, there's this like long homage to a movie that no child has ever seen. And they're like, (laughs) hopefully the parents are going to crack up at this weird godfather Mm -hmm. interlude that will come back. I hate it that it came back. Yes. Also, we should put Shrekian on some new merch shrekian yes something I about mean, you know shrekian energy shrekian vibes it, something it rarely works outside of shrek <laughs> and this one i mean because there's like multiple points where it's like this movie is very like leaning into pop culture she's like listen anytime there's like a movie where they play all by myself when the character's sad i'm like okay shrekian uh-huh um <laughs> But it doesn't work. I wasn't yeah, laughing. It, not in Zootopia. Straight up never seen Shrek. What? Oh, I, I We need to stop the recording. <laughs> right, let's go. Shrek rocks. I'm done. It's good. There, I mean, it has its problems. But, but then, And then Shrek 2? You Shrek. gotta see Shrek 2. Shrek 2 is... <laughs> has Suffers from many of the same problems. <laughs> also, can I just say this, this, this part rips yeah. off Training Day? Oh, does oh. it? Yeah, you know the part in Training Day that. where they're like having the bathtub and they're about to kill Ethan Hawke, and oh, then yes. they find out that he saved the dude's daughter. I it's like seen the exact that. same thing that happens okay. here. Okay, and again, it's like that reference is for who? I don't think it's a reference. That was just a oh, straight just stealing lift. it. That yeah. was just plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> that was so, and that was like another bizarro girl boss cop moment. Where if you like, I mean, it's like if you apply a second of thought to a lot of the things that happen in this movie it just completely falls apart or becomes deeply unethical right. <laughs> um where it's like she saves the what animal is the godfather is like a, like a little mole i think possum? no that's not a possum i'm uh, from the woods so i know about woodland critters possums are huge and they're fucking on my neighbor's roof every oh, yeah, single yeah. night um, i think it's like a little mole maybe but like she saves the godfather's daughter from and i haven't seen the godfather so i'm just assuming i but i know what happens in the movie mm-hmm. basically it's pretty good it's <laughs> wait that's a hot take i've never heard that before <laughs> you should check it out <laughs> but godfather 2 the godfather 2 suffers from many of the same by the way this, this person just told me they saw house of gucci twice in two days <laughs> like 15 minutes ago Look, I see, I see true hey, I get cinema. it. I haven't seen Shrek, you know? That's true. I mean, yeah. like, we all, we have, all have our, 
our areas we that do. we need to you know improve upon my godfather spot is is not good uh but well we, I, we've been talking about for years maybe doing godfather month on the matreon oh uh, yeah because we covered a francis ford coppola movie recently but it was peggy sue got married it's <laughs> <laughs> a francis ford coppola movie yeah. right yeah damn uh-huh. Yeah. I think you told me that actually. Yeah, I did. It's a weird one. Uh but oh, so the the logic is that Judy saved the daughter from a large donut, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then Judy compliments her wedding dress and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, wow, okay. Now uh the cops can collude with the mob." <laughs> and then that's just canon for the rest of the movie. The cops are colluding with the mob, uh-huh. which happens in real life. But I don't think that that's any like the movie's not commenting on anything. They're just right. like the mob is funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. So, and we love cops at here in Zootopia. Oh my god, they love cops. Weird. So the crime boss is like, all right, you can get some more information from the driver of the limo. So Judy and Nick go to the Rainforest District to talk to the limo driver, a jaguar named Mister Monches, who says that all of a sudden. Emmett the otter went wild in the limo. He became violent and attacked him, all while yelling about night howlers. And then right then, Mr. Manches also turns into a wild animal and attacks them. Judy and Nick narrowly escape, but when Chief Bogo shows up to the scene, Mr. Manches is gone. So Judy has no evidence to support her theory that for some reason these animals are going wild. But Judy still has a few hours to crack the case. So she and Nick, who are getting along better, maybe they're even becoming friends. What? (laughs) They set off to City Hall to get help from Assistant Mayor Bellwether, who... Jenny Slade. Assistant Mayor Jenny Slade. Well, you're missing a a major piece. Which thing? Nick's trauma reveal. Oh yes. Okay. So there's a flashback. Mm. Yeah. I w- I figured we'd we'd get. Sometimes I gloss over. Yeah. Sorry. Do your do your way. <laughs> Let me do my job, Matt. Um, <laughs> so they go to Bellwether, who can get them access to traffic cams to see where Mr. Manches went. They discover that a couple wolves grabbed Mr. Manches and put him in the back of a van. Judy's like, oh, those must be the night howlers because wolves howl. So they track where the wolves went, which leads Judy and Nick to this facility where they find a number of predator animals, basically all the mammals who have recently gone missing, including Emmett Otterton, but they're all like feral and wild. Then Mayor Lionheart comes in. He seems to be the bad guy behind this whole operation. So, like, Judy calls it in, the mayor is arrested, and it seems like the case is solved. And this is one of the points in the movie that I got so frustrated because it's like, okay, city hall corruption. Yeah, totally. 100%. Right. Uh-huh. But, like, but, but, but you know what institution is above criticism? The cops. You're like, oh, fucking. Hey, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways. So then during a press conference about this case... Judy mentions that all of the animals that went wild were predators and mentions that maybe it has something to do with their biology, which greatly upsets Nick, since as a fox, he is a predator. So he storms off. And then following this press conference, there is civil unrest around Zootopia. Oh, yeah. 
with more predator animals going wild and attacking prey animals wondering if they're safe there's protests also there shakira, shakira. is in the movie oh, as a yeah. gazelle yeah. she's like everyone's leading. everyone in zootopia is a huge fan of mm. shakira mm-hmm. also that song does slap though to be fair try it's anything pretty good it it's didn't do much for me I, okay. and i'm a fan I just, I don't dislike Shakira at all, but I just feel like there's other pop stars. There I I recently watched Don't Look Up, which I also didn't really like very much. Mm-hmm. But Ariana Grande fills a similar role in uh, sure. um, in Don't Look Up. And the song and I was equally underwhelmed by the song. Sure. I quite liked Don't Look Up, but that's just me. You know. Anyways, so it wasn't Shrekian enough. It wasn't Shrekian and enough. And also, as Matt pointed out, I saw Hazaguchi twice. So <laughs> we're just different people at the end of the day. Uh, okay. Let's get through this recap. Yes, yes, yes. So Judy feels responsible for this civil unrest and resigns from her cop job, much to the disappointment of Bellwether, who is now mayor. So then Judy goes back home to become a carrot farmer. But when she's there, she learns about these vegetables that when eaten can make an animal wild and aggressive and guess what they're called night howlers so Damn. turns out that's what emmett otterton was talking about also her bully owns a food truck now question mark <laughs> awesome <laughs> and it's like the most aware self-aware bully <laughs> you've ever seen in a movie he's been in therapy for oh this was one funny like one of the funnier flights of logic of the movie is that all the animals in the zootopia expanded universe live human length lifespans because at the beginning it's like you know judy is bullied by a future food truck owner Mm -hmm. and then it says 15 years later and it's like oh judy's fully dead she's (laughs) 15 years later you're telling me a 24-year-old rabbit mm, is good point. <laughs> pissed me off, didn't I? was like, there's so many, there's huge high-level issues. And then there's little things that it's like, come on. Well, you know, you've Rabbits got to suspend don't. your disbelief. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're fair, fair. <laughs> what can I say to that? Okay, so... So it turns out these vegetables are what has been making the predators become violent. So Judy rushes back to Zootopia. She tells Nick her theory that someone is targeting predators on purpose and making them go wild. So then Nick forgives her and they team back up and find a lab where this ram named Doug. Love this. Love that detail. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is like making a serum with the night howler vegetables that he's been shooting predators with. So they grab the evidence and make their way to the police department. Also really clunky breaking bad reference R- in yeah. this scene. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So on the way, they run into Mayor Bellwether. Is that Shrekian? Shrek- yeah, that is an attempt at the Shrekian, but it's not where it doesn't quite work doesn't the way this movie work. does. Like in the way that I was like, I know what you're talking about. But unlike Shrek, it's making a reference, and I'm not laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a reference for a reference's sake. Yeah. 
So on the way to the police department, they run into Mayor Bellwether, who ends up being the bad guy who was behind the whole thing. She tries to sabotage them and she shoots Nick with the serum so that he will go wild and kill Judy. But Nick had loaded the gun with blueberries. So it didn't work. Classic. (laughs) Classic. Switcheroo. How does this this factor into Chekhov's gun principle? There's a gun on stream. Jason Bateman has to load it with blueberries at some point. By the third act, or it shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so, and then they managed to get an audio recording on Judy's little carrot pen that is also Mm. a high-quality voice recorder um, (laughs) of Bellwether confessing to this whole conspiracy. Mm. Bellwether is arrested. Lionheart is reinstated as mayor. I think, or maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know. Um, no, he he's like also in trouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because he was complicit. But Judy is a hero. And then Nick also becomes a cop slash Judy's cop partner. And then the movie ends on another sloth joke. I was blown away that it was like, it was like, there's no, he's... He's good, and he's a cop at the end. And they're like, "And don't we love that?" And don't we love it? Ugh. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come right back to discuss. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. And we're back. We're back. Um, with Thoughts? <laughs> where should we begin here? I think we, we, um, we gave a preview of some of the major issues, but mm-hmm. there's we didn't even touch on all of them. There's no. Joe Biden's America. I know this movie came out in Obama's America, but... This is a Joe Biden yeah, and then, movie. Yeah, all day. Yeah. Um, okay, so what? <clears throat> who is Jason Bateman black? Like, what's the, what the fuck? They're <laughs> great question. I have so many questions. Okay. Are foxes black? What is it? Okay, so, I know this right. movie doesn't know, but right. what do you think they thought? I think there's a lot of shrugging going on between these couple of writers. 
I feel like the movie gets so lot like because it, when the movie starts, I thought I was like, oh, bunnies are being presented as a minority because they're like, well, bunnies don't become yeah cops. Bunnies but, can't do anything but be it, carrot farmers. And there's no reference to like gender or anything like that. So I was like, okay, so is that the allegory being set up? But then it turns out, no, that's not. And then, and then, so it's like every new character, I feel like contradicts the logic of what the movie has been saying so far. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Here was my best guess. Okay. So I think that the movie is setting up a parallel, basically that predator animals are people of color and prey animals are white people. There are a few hints to this as far as like the ratio of like prey to predator, but also that's not even reflective of like a major metropolis where like a lot of cities are extremely ethnically diverse. So that doesn't even track. Right. (laughs) But then also, although I would say, you know, the piece where her parents are super afraid of letting her go to the city, that's Mm -hmm. real. Sure. You know, like they're, they're like, Oh, there's all these predators there. Mm -hmm. Don't go. You'll get, mugged or whatever right eaten i don't i'm not saying that was like a good point or anything i just i'm just saying it tracks right right there were like moments where i was like okay i think i understand what the movie is trying to do here and then there were other scenes where i was like i just don't know i just like right because it's so muddled the the messaging and the allegory is extremely muddled and you'll never guess why it's because (laughs) the people who made this movie were a, a lot of white men what? Um, hold on. <laughs> no. Are you sure? Let me. I'm checking IMDb. Okay, so here's a little. Here's some context corner. So yeah, and I got a lot of this information from. So there was a screening of the movie in 2016, and there was a Q&A panel with several of the filmmakers after the screening. So it was Jared Bush, Rich Moore, Byron Howard, who all directed the movie. I will say, Rich Moore is a great white guy name. <laughs> <laughs> he and wants then, more money, baby. <laughs> Jared Bush also co-wrote the screenplay and also present at this panel was Phil Johnston, the other co-writer of the screenplay. The movie right. also has several story by credits. Damn, Jared um, Bush is also credited on Moana. Yeah. Big year mm, for a guy. Big year yeah. for that guy. And Encanto. Huh. And Encanto. Okay. Which I haven't seen yet. Jared, I still haven't seen it. Jared, I saw it. We'll do an episode on it someday. We got to do, do it with Melissa. <laughs> right? Okay, so this panel got written about in the rap. So here's where I'm getting a lot of this information. Mm. So basically, in this like write-up, the filmmakers are really patting themselves on the backs, being like, wow, our intentions were like so honorable when we were making, you know, developing this movie. We wanted to do a movie with like a easily digestible allegory for racism. Isn't that cool? And then they talk about like the research they did. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie is, is so prescient during this time of political unrest because it was released during the time that was leading up to the 2016 election. Mm. Uh, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, we've just been paying attention to what's been happening. Which is like <laughs> not even reflective of the movie's production <laughs> right. history, even remotely. Yes, Because true. it was supposed to be a 60s heist movie yeah like an espionage produced thing. by john lassiter and you're just like oh, that sounds like so yeah. okay so th- yeah the movie went through several drafts and just like wild rewrites 
so the the filmmakers they're talking about how relevant their movie is um you learn about the research they did which was mostly on animals uh <laughs> at the animal kingdom they at didn't the even they literally are like um let's go to disney, disney world we can do that for free and let's just stare at lemmings for six days and be like all right let's go write our movie about well, racism <laughs> you're forgetting about the two-week safari they went on in kenya where they studied animal behavior uh they did not seem to do nearly as much research on I don't know, critical race theory or anything like that. It seems as though they talked to exactly one person, Dr. Shakti Butler, mm -hmm. who is a filmmaker and an educator on racial diversity. Uh, director Byron Howard said, quote, She taught us everything there was to know about bias and discrimination, things we had no idea existed, end quote. So this is the background, like this is the context that these filmmakers had for trying to develop this allegory for racism, which they did not execute well. Which is so clear based on like the, the story team assembled is, I believe, five white guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then um, <laughs> one white woman, uh, Jennifer Lee, who is uh, the director of the Frozen franchise. Mm -hmm. And then um, one woman of color, Josie Trinidad, who is currently, and I think at the time of this movie's release as well, was in charge of the Disney animation story team. So it's kind of unclear how much actual story she wrote because her job is primarily translating script to visuals right um like storyboarding type stuff right right and that seems to be kind of her her primary job so it's like impossible to know who contributed what in a team this big but mm -hmm. the team is vast majority white guys and then you know white people in general mm -hmm. right so they fumbled it I, in, in a number so Okay. This movie made a billion dollars, you guys. <laughs> a God billion damn. dollars? That's so many. <laughs> I wanna... Okay, but it still doesn't make sense. It like, does, right. what, who is Hops? What's Hops' deal supposed to be? Right. So we've got this, like you you were saying, Jamie, the, the movie is setting up this like idea that people are prejudiced against rabbits and saying you can't be a bunnies can't like, be cops hops is is a woman that that okay so right right but it's like if that's the case they need to make that clear because it's like not like bunnies co covered the gender spectrum and but they were just like <laughs> no bunny cops period right so that's confusing and right so i guess like in this movie uh, rabbits are women because there's there's a few other references to that right. too where it's like oh you rabbits you're you're so emotional and oh you throw we're like a bunny drivers. yeah you're bad drivers you throw like a bunny like all these things that are stereotypes about women but we know that all rabbits are not women because <laughs> we meet her dad her dad's on a rabbit. multiple <laughs> occasions oh, yeah in the 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 front desk cop calls her cute and she says that only another bunny can call her cute. Okay, so there's a bunch of like weird, very cringy jokes that are like specifically referencing either aspects of black culture or stereotypes about black people, right? Where it's like, oh, a, a bunny can call another bunny cute. Right, that makes no sense. But For, right. if she's 
who we think she is. <laughs> right. Jennifer Goodwin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another scene where Nick is touching Belle Weathers wool on her head. This was And baffling. she's like, you Holy can't shit. touch a sheep's wool. That's right. Which is like, I guess, analogous to you. You can't touch a black woman's hair. Right. So this sheep with her wool. So there's that thing that doesn't make sense. But it's Jenny Slate. It's fucking Jenny <laughs> Slate. Jenny Slate's been in this pickle a couple different times. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another scene where shortly after Judy meets Nick in like the popsicle place, she's like, oh, wow, you're so articulate. Dude, yeah, that was I had that part highlighted. <laughs> But it's Jason Bateman. Yeah, it's Jason Bateman. He's pretty, he's pretty articulate, actually. <laughs> right. The metaphor is uh, so messy, where sometimes it's a metaphor about discrimination that women face. But we only see that with one character in Judy Hops, and she's a prey animal. And then the rest of the metaphor is about race rather than gender. But sometimes references to people of color are attributed to prey animals, when the larger allegory is that predator animals are the allegorical people of color, question mark? Like, uh, it's so messy. And like, I understand that movies, especially ones like directed toward children, if they're trying to tackle a complex issue, like a complex allegory, they will simplify things in the interest of like making it digestible for a younger audience. But there's also a responsibility to make that allegory clear and make sure it makes sense and that it tracks and the movie like again just fumbles it every step of the way and i also feel like that not to bring shrekki in back (laughs) but if you are like it's clear that like disney at this point this is true of all disney movies they're very self-referential and they make it clear that it's like we know that adults are watching this too and we want to give you something to enjoy too so it's like if that's true, then you need to really think through the entire metaphor. You can't just like throw right. in a couple song references and be like, it's for grownups too. It's like the mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. And then another reason that this whole metaphor doesn't track is the propaganda thing where the irony of a movie that is trying to make a statement about racial prejudice that also centers a character who is like this hero cop and in a movie that seems to have like a very pro cop agenda keeps saying like wow cops are awesome we need them to make our community safe they help make society a better place when in the real world like law, law enforcement is an institution that was founded on and is one of the biggest enforcers of racial prejudice which renders the allegory of this movie a complete paradox like it just it ends the movie ends with both like the movie (laughs) begins with neither of our protagonists being cops and ends optimistically with both of them being cops Mm -hmm. they should have ended the movie at the end of act two where she she stops being a cop (laughs) right that was that was the best part of the movie well that was the second best part of the movie i'll get to the best part oh okay okay but um yeah i was like hell yeah go off cops (laughs) like i backed cops Right. <laughs> yeah, be a be a farmer, you know, just like work the land and Or be something else. Like they keep that's why it's like I mean, even the opening sequence of the movie, they're like, anyone can be anything. And then they come up with like accountants and cops. I'm like there's Yeah, the the Jaguar's anything? like, I wanna be an actuary. 
<laughs> I don't even know what that is. And I didn't bother looking it up. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds boring. Like I'm like, stuff, dream right? bigger, kids. Like, what are right. you doing? And yeah, I mean, that's of the many things that gets muddled here. It's like, I don't know. I mean, in a movie, even in 2016, it is a very bizarre, specific route to choose being a cop. And then kind of like doubling down on that by, I mean, in my head, I'm like, this is girl boss logic firing on all cylinders where... Mm-hmm. You know, her parents are like, it's great to have dreams, but don't don't dream too big. You don't want to dream out of your pay grade kind of thing, right. which is something you see happen very often at the beginning of a story where a woman is told, you know, this isn't your place. And then Drew Barrymore does whatever. And then the movie's mm-hmm. over. And that's very clearly what's being set up here. But her dream sucks. And so you're <laughs> sort of like... Well, maybe your parents are right. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's just say that she is like the girl boss white woman. Mm-hmm. On top of that, she fucking sucks. Like she's a piece <laughs> yeah. of shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So what what do you what do you both think is the movie saying that? Okay, because she has this idea of like her idea of being a cop has nothing to do with like helping people. It's a it's like she says it does, but it doesn't. Does she ever say to- that? Yeah, because she says, I want to make the world a better place by being a cop. Okay. Yeah. But her actions do not reflect that. Right. She wants to, like, cuff bad guys. Yeah. Basically. Right. And so she gets clawed up by Gideon as a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. And that gets, like, linked to her dream of being a cop. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And her, you know punitive ideas of justice and like you know yeah mm-hmm. tracking people down and like you know hunting weaselton who i'll get to in a bit weaselton's the shit uh, weaselton's the, the dopest character in this movie weaselton who i was like that sounds a lot like steve buscemi but it's not no it's, it's alan tudyk doing yeah. a steve buscemi impression totally which yeah. is fun. i mean good for him <laughs> didn't hate it yeah so i don't know what they're trying to say they're trying to say that foxes are bad so that's why she's gonna stop them or she's traumatized by a fox, and so now she holds an unfair prejudice against foxes. Maybe both, because she wants to be a cop prior to that. But like that moment where she like stops the bully, and then and he, he specifically says, "You'll never be a cop." <laughs> You'll never be a cop, and it's like it's like okay, I'm rooting for him. Like yeah, it's, totally. It's so no, Gideon rots. You're you're. <laughs> <laughs> love the pies like really good mm. good stuff there i like it's so i don't know I, this movie like really reached to me of like this movie went through five million drafts because totally. it was like there's her, so many loose ends her character like regresses throughout the movie because before she leaves for cop academy uh-huh. she you know, her parents are being prejudiced towards foxes and are like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be careful. Here's repellent. And then she says, well, I was bullied by a fox, but it was a mean person who happened to be a fox. And then, right. but then rabbits later, are jerks too. Rab- yeah. Like anyone can be an asshole. And you're like, <laughs> okay, like children's movie. I see where this is going. But then like later in the movie, she, I mean, I guess this is maybe reflective of reality. Becoming a cop sets her views backwards. Just reinforces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she becomes more prejudiced. Totally. As the movie goes on. Right. To the point where she almost fox maces Jason Bateman, who's a right. black guy. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to remember. You have to like constantly reorient your brain of like, 
right <laughs> what is the movie saying right i don't know very stressful right she be- she like really even after she's become friends with this fox who she again had this like prejudice against up until this part of the story and he had shared with her this like very traumatic story which is like that part of the movie like does move me to tears where there's a flashback where he's like I wanted to join the Junior Rangers, and uh, but I was the only predator, and I thought I was going to be welcome. But then I got harassed and assaulted by who I thought were my friends, and they put a muzzle on me, and I learned to accept who I am. And to, if I, if everyone's just going to see me as a sly, sneaky little fox, well, then that's who I'm going to be. And he, like, tells her this story and, like, opens up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that's awful. And but then, then like, she becomes two scenes more later prejudiced. Two scenes like, later. <laughs> at a press conference, she's like, yeah, well. She's um, spouting these- eugenics. Yeah, she goes in on him. Yeah. Like, she's <laughs> It's so wild. Right. So, like, that scene is, like, bizarre because... The movie suggesting that racism is the result of a press conference from one rabbit and also a consp- like one sheep's actions of shooting blueberry looking paintballs at animals what? and not like systemic, like a systemic widespread problem. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, it's like this movie is like <laughs> really determination to not interrogate systemic anything is kind of like i mean but they kind of do with the mayor's office but for some reason like they're willing to go for it there right but nowhere else but not in like right not in law enforcement yeah but in within this allegory what is jenny slate's end game so what is that who like what what is her also thing? like otterton's a predator he's like smaller than the jenny the, slate yeah. right. right so like what's the what the fuck <laughs> It's so, I mean, I feel like one of the, and this is not a new point. This point's been made about Zootopia many times. And I know that we have a a famous tweet from friend of the show, Kate Young, about this. But Mm -hmm. the huge issue, like one of the huge issues is like implying that like in this world, there are predators and prey and conflating minorities with predators Mm -hmm. that have been integrated into society like plays into so many yeah the fucking super predator thing right like like, how how did they i mean this is classic five white dudes in a room like this should be (laughs) chill uh there's the the fucking hillary clinton c-span press conference where Mm -hmm. she's like super predators are like mindless killing machines these black teens are like mindless killing machines or whatever um mm-hmm. fucking hillary clinton but, yeah um girl, girl boss <laughs> yeah and so then the whole the entire conceit of the movie is set up between predators and prey like mm-hmm. you're already like on fucking third rail city there like right. you know <sighs> and and that's like one of the many i mean i think it's like maybe the mo- I, it's hard to say what about this movie is the most egregious but like that like taking that logic and then making it canonically true in this world is so like yeah the i want to so the the tweet you're referring to so christina holland at american wombat which is an amazing handle tweeted a couple years ago i think a big problem with kids allegories for racism is it's like the green people and the purple people hated each other just for being the other color isn't that silly and not 
the purple people kidnapped the green people and treated them like livestock for hundreds of years. So that's the original tweet. And then friend of the show, Kate Young, quote tweeted it and then just said, glares at Zootopia, which is like very much the problem with this movie. It's ignoring the Zootopia systemic... wishes it was coherent enough to, <laughs> to fucking be guilty of that. It's missing so many points, but like... <laughs> Right. But I mean, so, shout out to Kate. Yes. Yeah, this movie is like incoherent in such a frustrating way. But like casting like the white coated animals question mark because that fluctuates throughout the movie wildly. Mm-hmm. But like I think ultimately who we are supposed to believe are the white coated animals as prey is like, well, no. <laughs> like it's just mm-hmm. I mean, we should say that Jason Bateman's partner in crime is like the blackest dude I can think of. It's it's mm-hmm. Tiny Lester, who is like Debo from Friday. And, you know, he's like the big, bald, scary dude. Right. Who has a very deep voice. And in the movie, he's the tiny little fox with big ears. Or I don't even know what kind of animal that is. But he's like pretending to be Jason Bateman's character's son when they do their whole like scam scam but he rules too because the second (laughs) he the second the cop comes around he's like not fucking with her and then (laughs) when bateman decides to help the cop he's like i'm not fucking with you either he leaves the movie (laughs) him and weaselton just weaselton's like oh so now you're helping a cop that's why we okay weaselton rules because he calls (laughs) that out off the rip and then later when he gets like Mr. Big is like going to kill him. He's like dangling him above like an ice pit and mm-hmm. Weaselton's still like, fuck you for hanging out with cops. <laughs> like I would never fucking, I would never fuck with you. You fuck with cops. Like he's just down to die for the cause. <laughs> like Weaselton's the hardest dude in this movie. <laughs> he's also selling an array of DVDs that are yes. references Shrekian. to Sh- Shrekian, references to other Disney movies that were coming out around this time, such as, but they're all like the animal versions of it. My favorite one is obviously Meowana. So it's Moana as a cat. Meow. Hilarious. <laughs> I like this part. Yeah. So that's the best part of the movie. Hops' Hops iPad was tight too. She that had was some, some cool uh, design. Animal bands. Stuff. Yeah. But, um, let, you know what? Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. <laughs> God. All right. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. And we're back. And we're back. We're back. Now, now where do we go? Okay. There's so, there's, there's so many places we could go. Here's where I would like to go next. Okay. So the movie repeatedly uses a word that is a slur. I will use the word to identify it. The word is savage. Uh, again, the movie uses it repeatedly to refer to the animals who have gone wild and have like become violent and attacked. So uh, this word is a very offensive slur toward indigenous people in particular. Mm. I will say, I guess in the movie's defense, the conversation around this word being a slur was not a very mainstream conversation at the time of this movie's like making and release. It's been in kind of like more recent years that this conversation has been brought to the forefront of cultural consciousness but even so one of the the many elements of this movie that aged extraordinarily poorly poorly. in five years right um i asked friend of the cast jess merwin their thoughts on the use of this word in the context of the movie i said you know is it still offensive in the context that it is being used in this movie? Or is it just a word that should be eliminated from our vocabularies entirely? And this is what Jess had to say. Within Western culture, the concept of savage exists in a binary with the concept of civilized. The idea of one cannot exist without the other in opposition. Even though in the film the word isn't being applied to human beings, this binary still presents itself in the behavior of the animals being labeled savage. Mm -hmm. They are violent, they are volatile, they are, quote, other. When we associate violence, volatility, being uncontrollable, being other, with the word savage, we perpetuate the harm that the word was intended to do when it was applied to black and indigenous people. So... Basically, for any listeners or anyone who's just not aware, this word, don't use it. Thank you, Jess. Yes, thank you so much, Jess, for your time and thoughts. So, but yeah, I was counting. The word gets used in the movie no less than a dozen times, possibly more, just like constantly, especially like after the halfway mark. Which and it, and it's the way it's used is to kind of reinforce this gigantic failed metaphor that is like the word is used to apply to predators, mm-hmm. which again yeah. is like a Hillary the Hillary Clinton <laughs> pre- yeah it's right. infuriating and and I wanted to get into that part too i don't know just like as this movie was going on they're just more and they were i feel like every time one metaphor would kind of sputter and fail they would start another one (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that one would also be really poorly realized and and not good the last big set piece of the movie that's trying to comment on something unclear is the what is it the howling the, the night, night howlers. howlers right where they're implying you know i it's and 
there was a lot written about this, like not right when the movie came out, but like for some reason in 2017 and 18, I think people rewatched this movie and they were like, now hold on a second. <laughs> Is Zootopia trying to comment on the drug epidemic in the US? Oh, and I didn't like, even consider that. Uh, well, uh, the arguments for that include the including this like very throwaway, goofy, Breaking Bad reference and like basically oh, yeah. implying yeah, yeah. that the government is bringing drugs into quote unquote predator neighborhoods and accurate turning them into like a. I don't, I don't know what to, but you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, and so I think that in the third act of this movie, they're trying to like comment on the crack epidemic and like, but again, it's so poorly realized. And so like in this movie, like last minute, like that you're just, it's like, what are you doing guys? Like execute Hmm. one thing correctly, (laughs) like truly one thing. They simply can't. Wow. Yeah, that didn't that over even occur completely. to me either. Yeah. I, it's, but I, now that you bring it up. <laughs> it is very wild. This is from, um, it was like referenced in a review of this movie from Birth Movies Death. Mm-hmm. Um, they did come out at the time that the movie came out. But yeah, just sort of referenced that it's like, it appears that like, yeah, the government is bringing drugs into certain neighborhoods and then, you know, using Mm -hmm. the media to inspire fear and hatred among everyone else like in the quote-unquote in zootopia world prey right this movie is so fucked and then (laughs) like (laughs) and on top of that the depiction of media in this movie i also found to be very bizarre where media is obviously very very up for criticism but the way it's used here is primarily oh the only reason that Judy really fumbled and couldn't stop spouting eugenics at her one <laughs> press conference is because the media was twisting her words. And like they were like, Oh, yeah, Nick Wilde had to give her media training. Right. <laughs> Which she immediately <laughs> forgot. And they like, and it's like implied that like the media is misreporting on police press conferences, which I wouldn't say is the problem. Like, mm-hmm. it's. And so I, I don't know. It's just incoherent. Like every issue they try to tackle, it's like, I don't know what you're saying, but I think I disagree. Mm-hmm. And then other ones, it's like, oh, yeah, I definitely disagree. But like that was another moment where I'm like, what is the take? Like believe cop press conferences? Like what is the takeaway from that? Mm-hmm. To quote Moana, what is the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when, when he's, he's on, on the breakaway. breakaway. <laughs> <laughs> this movie needed more Maui. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> One thing I think this movie gets pretty accurate is um, dirty cop bullshit. Because uh, Hops pulls out all the tricks. But that's yeah. not the movie's it's intention. Good. Though. It's made it's, it's like presenting her as being like, look how clever she is. She's so resourceful. She can get stuff done. Because like, I think maybe one of the reasons this movie was requested so frequently especially like shortly after it came out is because it's like an example i mean very much on the surface you could look at this movie and be like oh it's a female character who is really motivated and really active and she's driving the narrative and she's smart Uh she undergoes an arc she gets more racist (laughs) (laughs) 
But like she literally almost shoots Jason Bateman at the like at the end of the second <laughs> act, just for like because he kind of scared her. <laughs> Classic cop shit, by the After, way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! He like Broke flinches at her, and she almost fucking yeah. kills him. This movie made one billion dollars. Billion dollars. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what was I saying? Um, oh, you were talking about um, highly motivated female character, like surface feminism. Right, right, right. So, so I. <laughs> I guess it has that going for it, but uh, as we've pointed out, that female character is just like girl boss cop lady who is like doing crooked cop shit, but the movie is not actually, the movie's intent is not to be like, look at how crooked cops are. It's like, look at how resourceful this clever bunny is. Well, and and like Jason Bateman Fox with Nick. Nick, Nick. <laughs> like says that once like when she's in the middle of doing a cop crime he's like smart little bunny <laughs> I was like what the fuck is happening do we um do we hit on all of the cop crimes she did because we we did reference we should run it down yeah mm. do you does anyone have a comprehensive list because there there was a bunch okay so she tries to um well first of all she profiles Gideon in the beginning before she's even a cop she's on her fucking Kyle Rittenhouse shit and she just fucking <laughs> sticks her nose into some shit that's not frankly her business I mean I guess her friends were getting robbed but you know mm-hmm. don't snitch um, so she profiles Gideon and then when she gets to Zootopia she profiles well first she's like hype to give out parking tickets yeah right right. she's like 100 I'll give out 200 by noon and this is supposed to endear us to her yeah <laughs> and she's... if it's a parking ticket in a city like Los Angeles for example that thing costs somewhere between like 65 and 75 dollars and she's so she's like basically robbing the civilians of Zootopia you, she doesn't want to help people <laughs> right? no, she, she just wants to facilitate she's trying to exact getting damage. 70 dollars <laughs> from everyone then she um tries to basically blackmail wild after he explains his scam mm-hmm. she pulls up she has tax forms on where her. did she why yeah. did she have those i don't know I, <laughs> to blackmail him with i know but, but i guess she like planned ahead that was like a premeditated blackmailing if she already had the forms yeah she tricks wild into jumping a fence mm-hmm. um so she can use probable cause to also jump the fence and break into a car mm-hmm. to get evidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mr. Manchas is basically having a mental health episode and she just calls more cops to the scene yeah. uh-huh. to fuck him up. Which historically has never, never gone well. well. Yeah. Like, uh, she does so many cop crimes. <laughs> and then also like, there's just like these kind of, I mean, again, and maybe this is more like kids movie stuff, but it's like, kids propaganda so it's complicated but there's like multiple moments where she's fired and then she's just like no I'm not (laughs) and then she's not and then at one point Jason Bateman's like no she's not and then it's like you can't you don't even work here what are you talking about like but he will also we should point out that like Bateman is like you know he's the criminal or whatever and then when he reforms he just becomes a cop so like that's like that's mm-hmm. like the station that all good-hearted animals in Zootopia aspire to. Right. It's the dream. The pipeline from he could criminal. Never, before he meets hops, he could never dream of being a cop. Oh, mm-hmm. It's like Catch Me If You Can when he's like, first, I'm a con artist, and I'm so good at that that I'm going to help 
the cops learn about con artists and that's what happens at the end of that movie oh yeah he's, right. they both fucking suck they suck so much it's so like it's so frustrating like and i feel like the way that idris elba's character is used is also like he's one of the only black voices in the cast mm-hmm. and he's cast in the police chief role which is at least right now is a very popular trope of like the black police chief Mm -hmm. who just kind of unquestioningly holds up the establishment. It's just, I don't know the fact that this movie has no interest in interrogating policing at all (laughs) is just so like mind blowingly frustrating to the elder thing. Elba thing is so muddled too though, because he has such a specific like, south london accent and like voice <laughs> why is he he's British? Like, yeah if they want if they needed to like get a black cop like he's like the not he wouldn't even be on like my top 100 voice list you know <laughs> mm-hmm. right nothing makes it's just sense. so like i just feel like it's yet another example of like this movie just like no one is in the room who is thinking it through right and the, and the little tiny bit of research they seemed to do was to ask one person who she taught them everything <laughs> she... and then they went to disney world <laughs> to congratulate kingdom. themselves <laughs> oh my god so so um, oh wait one more thing yeah. um there's a fucking y'all ever seen like the tiktok or instagram videos where like cops play basketball with kids no. Like, like, yo, we're community policing. We're like, we're cool. You can talk to us. Like, we're down. Mm. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. I, oh, well, those I, are like all over. Well, they always happen. It's just like TikTok. bad cop propaganda to yeah. be like, look, we're actually cool. But it's like pretty popular in the social media age. There's like a okay. thing at the end where she plays soccer with these two kids. Oh, yeah. Did you catch that? Yes, like, as yes. she's walking into the uh-huh. city hall, she's like, hey, kids, check this out. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> it's me, a cop. Um... Okay, here's a thing I'll say. <laughs> Ready? Uh-huh. So Gideon the Fox speaks with a thick accent from somewhere in the American South. I don't know exactly oh, yes. which I have, state. I, I um, so there's obviously a tendency to assign like American Southern accents to someone who has like a backward way of thinking, someone who has like regressive politics. I myself have been guilty of doing this in the past. Mm-hmm. But it's like... It's basically doing what the movie is trying to say. Hey, don't do this. Don't make sweeping (laughs) generalizations about people. Don't like lean into stereotypes. And that's what they're doing with that character. I had that as well. Wow. Look at at us. Look at us. Um, It is a small thing. And I feel like it, it is something that it's not even like inherent to animation although I'm, animation tends to be a worse perpetrator of most tropes because it's such an exaggerated form but sure. yeah i mean i feel like that's something we see all the time of like the person who is wrong quote unquote even though he's like don't be a cop but like he's wrong uh you know he shouldn't have hit her and okay uh, <laughs> the, so person, complicated. Uh, the, the person who is wrong is is given a southern accent and the person who is right has a coastal accent even mm. though they live in the same place and like right? why is does everyone here have and why does everyone here have a different accent it, it is truly i think like just assigning heroism and nice good ideas to people from the coasts and if you have any kind of any i mean really like most regional american accents are applied to 
people who you're not supposed to think are as smart as someone who talks like they, you know, like mm-hmm. work in Manhattan or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Sure, like, sure. So, yeah, that's just yet another weird L this movie voluntarily takes. One billion dollars. Another one I would say is the movie leans into some fat phobic tropes and stereotypes with the Clawhauser character in that he's constantly eating. He's like very sedentary and out of shape the one time he has to like chase after someone he like is not able to physically move very well just different things like that and there's there's the movie being shitty yet again in a in a different way i know like we've we've like referenced a lot but there's just like so many individual moments in this movie where you're like ah the <laughs> the moment that you brought up, Matt, where um, where Judy quits being a cop at the end of the second act, and we're like, "Let's call it. We did it. <laughs> Movie done." But again, how it's like, just like such a nasty feminism that is being expressed here that is extremely white and in service of all things capitalism, where it's like the framing for her quitting being a cop because she, in the world of this movie, has ruined the city is like but what about your dream girl like they were like girl don't give up on your dreams to fucking ruin society you're like what but the movie believes that the movie Mm -hmm. believes that she would be morally wrong to give up on her dream of ruining society like it's just so misguided and so Mm -hmm. like i don't know yeah And then Idris Elba says, the world has always been broken. That's why we need good cops like you. And then she's like, I quit. And then she's like, no, you're right. I'm going to get a new cop on the force. And now- Recruit. I'm recruiting people. Ay, ay, So. Um, yeah. But that sex spa they go to fucking kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's like where I would hang in Zootopia. I was your- trying to think of like what microclimate I would want to go to. Oh, sure, sure. Because that sequence where she first, she takes the train. Mm-hmm. Gotta give it up. That part is I awesome. I like, yeah. Shakira's Shakira song Shakira singing. Beautiful. She's cruising through all these climates. You've mm-hmm. seen Zootopia, which looks very much like Asgard from the Thor movies, by the way. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. And I was like, yeah, I wonder where I would live. I think I chose the jungle, but then once I saw the sex spot, it's wherever that would, that part <laughs> is. That is that your number one favorite part of the movie? The, I mean, no, my favorite part of the movie is when Weaselton is just like, I'm ready to die, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I will never help the cops. Like, fucking kill me. But um, yeah, the sex spot part is tight. Sex spot rules. Yeah, the world building in this movie from a strictly visual point of view, not like cultural or societal but just like visual it's, it's like very pretty and and cool i loved um, i loved was it called rodentia or something oh yeah the where li- it was yeah. like where it was just a bunch of dollhouses i liked that that was fun the the filmmaker so speaking of kind of the world building the the filmmakers consulted experts such as zoologists who we're like, this is how animals move and what their fur looks like. I just they- feel like that shouldn't be priority number one. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, but they, they went so far as to like consult specialists from the Americans with Disabilities Act who helped construct a city where like a two inch little rodent would live in the same city as like a 27 foot giraffe. Um, they also consulted 
HVAC system designers to figure out how to, for example, build a tundra neighborhood next to a desert. But they oh, just that's... only talked to that one lady about how to do <laughs> racism. <laughs> I like that. All sounds pretty cool. She taught them everything, but... though. <laughs> but there's one per- there. Oh God, that's. So... I mean, it's like, and that research. I'm sure that that was really fun and interesting. Sure. But it's like you got to do the whole movie. You, gotta, you can't just do. I uh, yeah. It could have been awesome if they had just gone with a different story. I mean, the the right. setting is awesome. It's great. <laughs> Um, I read that, I forget which of the directors this was, but basically when he was pitching to John Lasseter, who obviously fucked John Lasseter, mm-hmm. but he was like, yeah, when I told him we wanted to do a movie about talking animals who wear clothes, John Lasseter reportedly picked him up and like hugged him and was like, wee, awesome. green light. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just laughing because just like picturing a grown man picking up another grown man in like a, an excited the hug idea of animals in clothes <laughs> there exactly which does happen all the time this did the, the design of zootopia reminded me a lot of richard scary's busy town which oh, i, I really oh i really loved it when i was a kid oh i can't wait to show you it was just like it was a city where all animals live together and they wear clothes and they have jobs and um <laughs> And they, 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 as far as I can remember, don't attempt any uh, themes that are way out of their depth like Zootopia does. I do feel like with this movie, it's kind of another example of, and we've talked about this, I think, from a lot of different angles over the years, but like taking a massive societal ill like racism and prejudice in general Mm -hmm. and making it like one person's fault and right. then being like, and then they either learn from their mis like they learn and then they say, let's all get along. And then one person goes to jail mm-hmm. and we're not going to talk about jail. <laughs> like, and then problem is solved. And that's like what, because one rabbit solved the problem because one Question rabbit mark? became more racist. Like I <laughs> firmly believe she became more and more racist as the movie was going on. But like by sending Jenny slate, to jail racism is solved is the logic that this movie is operating Mm -hmm. under i also think it sucks that it's like the only other like dominant female character in this movie is like the most evil person in the world which you know it it happens but but it's a there's just i i feel like we've we've seen this i always go back to i don't know why i always go back to the girl with the dragon tattoo when we talk Mm. about this but like there is a character who assaults Lisbeth Salander mm-hmm. in that movie. And he is like this, you know, a symbol of all misogyny. And by defeating this one man, we have, we've, we've fixed it and nothing bad is ever going to happen again. And mm. I feel like that's like, there's a version of that going on here with a different theme. Right. That it's just, right. Like, just like attributing a systemic centuries millennia long problem to this one person who's responsible for this well like refusing to even reference any of the issues within the system even though the movie is about (laughs) yeah i mean the the conspiracy goes to city hall so they they they're aiming at the system (sighs) right like and city hall and cops get along like that's another like i don't know right i (laughs) I don't know. Does anyone have any other thoughts? About it? 
Um, good for Shakira. <laughs> good for Shakira. Uh, I will say that a far, far, far better animal movie with a climactic showdown between the protagonist and the villain that takes place in a natural history museum is Ooh. Paddington 1. Wow. Mm. Didn't think of that. Oh, you know what else this is like? Huh. Um, Tailspin. Oh, Did you ever watch Tailspin? What's Tailspin? Yeah, but it's... it's it was like uh, Jungle Book characters, but they live in a city. Oh, I... Wow, I haven't thought about that in decades. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, it was like on Disney Channel. Um, yeah, it might have been on like regular TV too. I can't remember. Oh, like I watched Saturday it morning lot. cartoon thing? Whoa, I wonder if that holds up. <laughs> Sounds fun. Still. I think I remember they're doing a new Disney Plus one. Oh, okay. Well, that's the law. You have to, every piece of intellectual property must be rebooted. Well, and if it's anything like Zootopia, if, if Disney's making it, Zootopia. <laughs> it'll be more propaganda. One billion dollars. Um, yeah. I, part of me is like, what about though, like the target audience and is this, despite its many problems, is this movie an okay jumping off point for young children to learn about racism and prejudice? It could be. I don't want to like undermine that as a possibility, but. No, it's way too confusing. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't show this <laughs> It's to so my kid. fucking confusing mm. and inconsistent. Yeah. So never yeah. mind. Scratch that. <laughs> I mean, I, and it's again, it's like uh, listeners, if you know, we're not parents so like if your kid loves this movie we would be interested to hear yeah personally i don't know this this one is 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 too messy mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't want my kid's first introduction to these themes be this movie because this movie doesn't know what it's saying yeah very true it passes the Bechdel test though apparently <laughs> between jenny slate and jennifer goodwin iconic wow oh, what do they talk about it's like sticking together. They're talking about yeah. cops. Us, talk about us little guys got to look out for each other. So oh, it's Jenny okay. Slate. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah. Woman solidarity, the cop and the evil mayor. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So as, as far as so feminist, that is feminism. Five nipples. As far as our nipple scale, zero to five nipples based on how the movie fares when examining it through an intersectional feminist lens. I'll go with, <laughs> I'll give this movie a half nipple because uh, <sighs> the main character is a woman and um, she's, you know, people are sexist toward her, question mark. Um, but again, that, this is, I just... <laughs> Speaking there of, she is. Wow. Judy Hopps Judy coming Hops. through. Wow. Coming through. This is where we find out you've been friends with <laughs> Officer Hopps the whole time. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, yeah, obviously I'm having a hard time justifying this. Um, I'll give it half nipple because of Weaselton's character. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Weaselton's and fun. the horny, horny, horny animals at the horny, horny sex spa. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And those are the only redeeming things. Judy, shut up. Uh, She's just so happy you gave the movie half a nipple. Honk, honk. Judy's pissed. Judy's like, you should have been five. <laughs> uh, what about at the end they're driving like a 
militarized tank oh my gosh. cop car oh, too. <laughs> like, oh my god and they just fucking pull over the slot dude like mm-hmm. come on and even though he was speeding it's implied that they're like we'll let you off the hook because you're my friend oh yeah oh i thought babin was like hyped to throw the book at him i, oh, I don't tell. know hard hard to say i'm giving this movie no nipples i <laughs> i really didn't like it i did i mean there are like small characters and like small scenes that i liked but i just like i don't know this movie was such a bummer to watch it's such a bummer that it came out so recently i just think it's just like <laughs> and i've i know i sound like an asshole saying this but it i think it's uh, neoliberal trash and i think it's useless <laughs> and i don't like it um weaselton was fun i laughed at the sloth scene and the Shakira song was okay. It's <laughs> it's slightly better than okay. Anyway, <laughs> Matt, how about Matt, you? What do you think? I'll give it one. Okay. Yeah. I think it's uh, problematic and uh, neoliberal trash. <laughs> but uh, if you aren't thinking too hard or it's on in the background or you want to just drag it with your friends, it's pretty good looking. Mm, I mean, pretty. visually, the world building is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just talk over it. One nipple. Yeah. Weaselton rocks. If you are not watching it, yeah. <laughs> that's what you're saying. <laughs> if it's on mute and you close your eyes every time there's a cop on screen, it's actually awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just doing the thing of like thinking about how I really liked this movie like five short years ago. Sure. But it's like, yeah. A, it's yeah, like we said, it's a testament to how things are progressing and it's fun to reflect on that. This, this was, this, this, this one broke my brain a little bit. This mm. was a tough. This was a tough prep, but I'm uh, I'm glad we did it. Thank you for uh, thank you for bringing it to us, Matt. <laughs> even though it sounds like you kind of didn't want to. <laughs> no, I mean, thanks for uh, whoever requested it because mm. uh, I was thinking I didn't realize it'd be such a rich text to dive into. Yeah. yeah. I didn't either. I genuinely did not know what this movie was about. I was like, they're at the zoo. It's it's, <laughs> it's Madagascar. It's- it's that like, movie we bought a zoo we bought a zoo <laughs> we should uh, cover that movie i'm kidding i don't know i i, I mean i'm, I'm I think assuming it's about that's about people the sentence buying a zoo but i've been wrong before <laughs> you know <laughs> well matt yes thank you so much for being here it's been a, a delight thanks so much for having me of where course. can people follow you on social media or if there's anything you'd like to plug um yeah i don't really post too much but it's matthew mixon at twitter and instagram Oh, actually, can I plug my mutual aid thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, we have a small mutual aid group, and um, we're not very big. But if you go to the links on my in my link tree or whatever, all the money will just like, or you can buy like Amazon stuff, like socks and tents and blankets and stuff. Like mm. it's pretty cold mm. in LA right now. Mm. We just go out every couple of weeks, and yeah, if you send me money, it'll go to tents and cool stuff that people need. Or if you just want to buy stuff off the Amazon links, um, I'd really appreciate it. Hell yeah. Awesome. Amazing. And you can follow us on social media at Bechtelcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our Patreon, aka Matreon. That is at patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. It's $5 a month. It gets you two bonus episodes every month, plus access to the entire back catalog. More than 100 episodes. Wow. We're finally, this month on the Matreon, we read books. We're doing the Jane Austen adaptations you won't stop bugging us about. 
Um, but, and so but we're not going to make a habit of reading books. Like so don't get used to it. Still strongly anti-book, <laughs> anti-reading podcast. But mm. just this once, we each read a book. We bought a Zoom. More like we read a book. <laughs> uh, that was awful. Uh, <laughs> you can get merch at tpublic.com slash the cast where I will I will commit to Shrekian. Shrekian. There, I have a running a list of use. so many shirts that we've said we would design over the years. Look, ultimately, I have not designed a new shirt in two years, and that's on me. <laughs> and now I, uh, and uh, bye. <laughs> good, good, good episode, everybody. <laughs> bye bye. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.